0: Welcome to the Lifelinks Leadership Podcast, insight and training from leaders around our network. Here's your host, Ian Bird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lifelinks Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to uncover the hidden leadership acumen right within our own network. And I want to encourage you, if you like this podcast, to please let people know through social media. You can also review it. We just want to get the word out there because we believe we have valuable resources to share, not only with people in our network, but even beyond our network. I'm really blessed today to have with me Sarah Marriott. She's the Area Director for Young Life for the Central Okanagan, and she also sits on the National Think Tank for Young Life Online. Now, given this COVID-19 crisis, I was just talking to Sarah and Alex, her husband, the other day, and um, realized that they're what they're dealing with and what she's specifically dealing with and trying to run clubs and work with youth online is so relevant to what we're all trying to deal with right now in this new reality. So I just want to welcome Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much, Ian. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Oh, it's awesome to have you with us. Now, I've known you, my wife Val and I have known you for years now, but maybe you can just quickly give, you're, you're a longtime member of our Lifelinks International Church family. Can you just give us a quick a snapshot of your journey to this point uh, in ministry.
1: Sure. Um, so Alex and I came from Cranbrook, BC Connect Church, where uh, we were one of the founding families there. And in 2012, we moved to Kelowna to start something new. And uh, we're very grateful to have LifeLinks support and cheerleading to do that. Um, We started a missional community and are currently working with micro-churches. It would take a long time to explain, uh, but what I can tell you is we we meet in alternative ways with people who don't necessarily uh, find themselves on a Sunday morning setting on a regular basis. And so our job is really to pastor and connect people who are not connected to the larger body of Christ.
0: Sounds wonderful. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Sorry. I just, I love the concept.
1: Well, it's a, it's, it's different. and <laughs> It's it's even more different now because well, nobody's really meeting in person at all. So it's been a, it's been an interesting challenge to figure out how to reach out and how to connect with people on a really relational level.
0: So you've been working now. How many years have you been with Young Life?
1: I was a volunteer with Young Life in Cranbrook for a couple of years before we moved and about six months after we moved here is when I came on staff and I became an area director about four years ago.
0: Wow. So you've you and and how many young people, how many clubs I guess would maybe be the, the that you work with in the in the region you're in?
1: Well, now we have about six teams of volunteer leaders who run six different ministries in our region or in our area. Um, and there are varying degrees of numbers of kids throughout that we have kids from grades six to eight nine to twelve and we have one of our clubs that is for kids with diverse abilities
0: wow so um what is the goal of young life like you know just a little bit of background so we know kind of how things uh, you know for the future but what is what is the goal behind you know what you're trying to do and i know it's a club and club environment for young people
1: Uh, we want to reach teens uh, who don't have the opportunity to find out that they are designed and precious and valuable each and every one of them and so uh, we do our best to connect with teens uh, where they are at rather than um, our events kind of aren't our main attraction to come to our main thing is that we have amazing adults who are vetted and trained and, uh, and obviously have criminal record checks, um, volunteering and caring about teenagers in their world where they are at. That is our, our main goal.
0: Wow, that's great. So all these things have been going on and you've been functioning, you know, at, in your role and helping to facilitate this for years. And then all of a sudden in the last three weeks, boom, COVID-19. What has that meant for you? That's a loaded question. It's meant a lot for you. But what what has had to change because of that?
1: Well, obviously, we can't go anywhere or do anything. We are a highly, highly relational ministry. Um, That is what we are about. Uh, We are not programmatic. We are relational. Our programs stem from relationship, not the other way around. And because of that, um, this is tough. We can't be with kids. We can't volunteer with sports teams uh, we can't host our clubs uh, in real life obviously and so that's really tricky however that's when we started our national think tank I was so impressed with our uh, our ministry because the the first thing you know that happened on a uh, on a morning, the first week was that I got an email in my inbox saying, hey, who wants to participate in this um, national think tank so we can solve these problems quickly and disseminate information and ideas across the country fast. So really excited about some of the stuff we've come up with and the ideas we have. Um, but even more than that, I'm really excited about the thoughtfulness of the team uh, that is really working towards creative solutions that don't create more problems.
0: Well, that and that would be... That would be the key thing because you know the reality is with all these kinds of difficulties sometimes the cure can be worse than the problem itself and we don't want that so what have you ended up doing like how does how does your ministry look right now versus how it even looked a couple two three weeks ago
1: well um this is where i'm going to speak for myself and not for any other areas or area directors uh Simply because um, I'm a mom, and so I have mom concerns You're about a, a lot of things. Great mom,
0: by the way, Sarah. Just well, so everybody knows you. Sarah's an awesome mom. Anyway,
1: um, so I have four of my own kids. Two of them are adults. Two of them are still teenagers. And to be really honest with you, I I started taking my master's in youth ministry recently, and a lot of my research has been around how does social media, how does being online affect the brains of teenagers. And so before this ever happened, um, I had a strong concern about the amount of time our kids spend on screens and where they spend time on screens. You know, the internet is a whole other alternate reality. It is another world. So if you think, about like different dimensions, like in sci-fi, it's like another dimension. So in the internet world, there are amazing places that are healthy and great restaurants that produce healthy food. And then there's back alleys behind bars that are unsafe. Um, There are bush parties on the internet. And so one of my main concerns was I didn't want us to just rush ahead and think any platform that teenagers are on is a good platform for us to invite more of them to. I wanted to to stop and think about um, the privacy of each uh, platform. I wanted to stop and think about how each platform affects brain development. Um, I wanted to think about what kind of environments and communities we're introducing kids to. So for instance, one of my personal concerns is uh, I don't love TikTok. So we had a lot of really short videos that kids can make themselves and other people can make videos. And what happens is, is you just get this stream of really short little clippy videos and your brain reacts to these quick little videos. And the longer you're on it, the more you're kind of getting this like dopamine release over and over and over again. And real life that is slow and relationships that are slow to build are harder to satisfy when you're used to, oh, it's the same issue with pornography, when you're used to the fake thing and it's giving you that dopamine hit faster and faster, it's really hard for the real life thing to be good and satisfying and make you feel content. So what we're doing is we are trying really hard to use platforms like Zoom, uh, where interactions are in real time, where we get to see the whites of each other's eyes and we get to have conversation and we get to play together. We have different games that we play. Like, um, there's a system called Jackbox where you can like set parent settings. So it stays PG and you can play quiplash and you can play, um, a rap game where you have rapping contests. I'm not very (laughs) good at that one. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Um, or different Pictionary games that we found online, but we try to do things that we don't have to sign kids up to a new community of strangers. Mm. So anything that they have to create an account for, we really vet that very, very carefully. Um, and now even zoom, there's definitely some issues, uh, with people like popping onto zoom links and doing inappropriate things. And so just making sure that we are keeping up with, um, our settings, our privacy settings and, um, and yeah, and also making sure that the platforms that we choose are parent approved. So I'll often go online if, if one of my leaders suggests something new to me, I'll go online and I'll put it in my um, Google and I will say parent reviews. Parent magazine in the States is very well known and it does a lot of good jobs at vetting things. So I'll do that. Um, and then also for our rhythms, we try to make sure that we only do one or two things or two or three things a day and we invite different kids to them. So we're not encouraging kids to be online all the time. And Saturdays, we don't do anything online. And so when I send out an email to our parents about all the different activities we're gonna have that week, I'm, I'm clearly saying, hey, I'm supporting you by saying, we're not doing anything online on Saturday. And I really encourage you parents, if you can do that and put the computers away and put the phones away, Right now, more than ever, we are at risk of falling into habits that are really, really addictive to our brains. And we have to think about that because we need to think about what is this going to look like when this is all over? How is our family going to look? And we have this beautiful opportunity right now to reset. If, you know, our kids, everyone's home, everyone's working from home, put everything away and sit and have dinner together as a family. And my thought as a youth leader, who's also a mom I need to weigh not just how do I get all the kids to like still have the same energy and the same momentum for my ministry. I also need to think, how am I discipling kids to love their parents well in this moment? So how good. am I setting parents and families up for success? I really need to think through those things and those behaviors. Yes. So I'm not creating more dependence on something we already know isn't healthy.
0: Well, what would be... Let, let's Let's look at the pro and the con. So what would be the worst case scenario from this, if if it's not stewarded well, what would be your biggest fear out of this season with, with the online presence being greater for young people, for everyone actually?
1: So there's a really good book called I-Gen, I-G-E-N. Um, and the author's last name is Twenge. And she is a sociologist who's done a lot of great work studying the differences between generations. And she wrote this book because in 2012, she started to see things that were like slow curves of change become cliffs, just drop-offs of change. And what she attributes this to is the use of social media and having the internet in all of our pockets. So we already know. That our iPhones and our quick access to all of these things is really unhealthy for our brains. We already know that it creates an incredible amount of dependence um, socially, but also neurologically. So I think for me, the worst case scenario is we get lazy because we're stressed You know the things we turn to to cope in the short term are often really unhealthy in the long term right so if i'm if i'm sick and i stay in bed and i watch netflix for a couple of days that's not the end of the world but if i'm not sick anymore and i stay in bed and i keep watching netflix i'm actually reinforcing depressive behaviors that are going to harm me in the long run so my concern is we are all a little bit stressed we're all uncertain of our future If we turn to these short-term coping mechanisms, we're going to fall into patterns and behaviors that are going to be really hard to get back out of and heal from afterwards. And teenagers whose brains are developing are at higher risk for that than adults. So it's really, really important as youth leaders that we are actually thinking about the huge impact we can have on that right now.
0: So, so bottom line, if, if this isn't done properly rather than again be the cure it could actually be exacerbating a problem that we need to overcome anyway that that's prevalent among well all ages at this point what could be um, the positives in the sense of you mentioned you know obviously you have to use these means but you're also looking at trying to encourage healthy family time and unplugged moments what could be you know the the if you had a dream of what might come out of this what would it look like
1: well i have two from the youth ministry perspective i think we have a unique opportunity right now to be creative to reach those kids who've already been stuck in their basements playing video games long before this happened i think we have this beautiful opportunity to be intentional and not let kids who are unseen go unreached so i'm excited about the fact that we are being forced to be creative right now so that's one good thing i see coming out of that if we manage it well if we invite them away from the back alleys of the internet and into the light i like um, that term the
0: back alleys of the internet that that...
1: yeah (laughs) um because if we can kids who maybe are uh have social anxiety and stuff like that, they're more likely to interact with you over a FaceTime or a small group Zoom than they would have been in real life. And so this might be a great way to develop relationship with those kids um, because we're all doing it this way anyway. Um, So we could just use this time really, really well to bring some healing in that area. I think the other thing is, as a mom, uh, one of the things our family has been doing through this time, we homeschooled for a long time. And our kids now have jobs and they have other relationships and, and our two younger ones are in school. And this is kind of the first year actually that none of our kids have homeschooled. And I think we've fallen into that busyness, right? And so we still eat dinner together as a family, but maybe not everybody shows up every day. And um, you know, certainly our time to Bible study together, it's, it's interrupted by everyone's schedules being different. So one of the beautiful things for us out of this is that every single day at 1 o'clock or one thirty, we sit down at the table and we read our Bible together and then we just talk and we just enjoy each other's company and touch base. And And we wouldn't be able to do that if we aren't, weren't all stuck at home right now. And that has been such a beautiful blessing. So I really do think this is an opportunity for a reset Um, the other thing is, is that, uh, our rules around Saturday is going to be no tech day are really strict and they weren't as strict before because, you know, four of us are adults and making our own decisions and whatever. And, but because we're so inundated with screen time right now, it's really easy to say, you know what, guys, we're just doing real life on Saturdays period. Wow. That's good. And, uh, I think resetting Sabbath in that way, you know? We're just going to, we're stopping working. We're just going to be with each other and, and have some time to to pray, to worship, uh, to speak creatively, to get bored. I think those are healthy, healthy things.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting, the whole get bored aspect. And I think one of the problems we have in our culture is the stimulation, the overstimulation we're so used to. Uh, and I think it's for younger people, especially the action, everything moving rapidly I think to slow down, I've felt it myself, you know, the pace. I mean, I'm still doing a lot, but it's very different. And it's disconcerting, actually, to be real with you, Um, in probably a good way, Sarah. It's disconcerting in a good way because it's forcing me to rethink how I live, how I function, the speed that I go at. So I get what you're talking about. Um, What would you say to parents then? Um, You've given some good clues. You're, you're, You're a mom, you're a youth a minister as well so you have a lot of experience with this but how would you someone's listening right now and they're thinking about it could be a youth pastor thinking about their their young people it could be a, a parent what would be your your kind of initial thoughts about how they can maybe make a transition at this time
1: don't be tempted to do all of the great ideas I think that is number one. I think we are, you know, I know we're sitting on a think tank and we have so many ideas and so many options and so many people being creative and it's tempting to do all of the things. And I think it will be just as easy for us to be busy and overproductive sitting at home as it is outside. So I think, first of all, don't be fooled. Your body being slow doesn't mean that you're letting your mind stop. So um, really prioritize in this time. Be thoughtful. You have this opportunity to to start from scratch a little bit. Be really thoughtful about your priorities, whether you are a parent or a leader. Um, And if you are a leader and a parent, more than ever, I have always said this, I believe that our family is our ministry. And I don't mean they're the people we minister to first. I mean, we have to minister to them first because the rest of the world experiences the gospel and the kingdom through our whole family. Now more than ever, don't be an Instagram family. Don't and I I say that even though I'm posting every day with our family. (laughs) But what I mean by that is don't be don't be putting your family in a position to fake it. If you are going to put your family in a fishbowl, make sure you have their permission and then make sure you're honest Mm. and make sure you are spending real honest time with them. Um, it is so easy for us to sequester ourselves in our offices right now and just go hard and our kids are lonely and they're missing people Mm -hmm. and we are it. And if we don't lead first at home, we're hooped. You know, Alex and I, we kind of, I think have a funny marriage anyway. Um, Alex is an indoor cat and I'm an outdoor cat. Uh, Alex is super cerebral. I'm very emotional and we just have a very different way of being. We always have. And um, you
0: you have a wonderful marriage, by the way, and I've thoroughly enjoyed walking with you all these years, just so everyone knows. God often brings opposites and puts them together. so
1: that's true. Uh, as wonderful as that is. It is also <laughs> incredibly challenging. Um, and one of the challenges we've had recently is as our kids have kind of gotten bigger and not been around, we don't have the relational buffer we used to. So I'm like, can we have another baby? Can we have a puppy? And Alex is like, (laughs) are you kidding? We finally have some space. And so we're having this like already discussion about what is our life going to look like without kids? Because I literally don't know if I can handle it and he is so excited. And so as we get sequestered in the house, um, we have different temptations about how we want to behave. And I think being gentle with one another and just pausing and reflecting on what each other needs, um, one of the things uh, someone from Young Life offered us was taking a Greek class online together. Uh, I don't I'm I'm busy. I don't feel the need to learn Greek, but I thought Alex might like it. So I offered it. He was so excited and he has written me a love letter that is in English but <laughs> written with Greek characters that I'm supposed to decode. I love it. Time, I'm like, I was thinking about backing out of this because I'm too busy. Um But my point of saying that is, is that I think everyone at home right now is responding so differently to this experience. We have introverts in our house who are like, I'm fine being at home, but I really wish you would go away. (laughs) Um, And there's two of us who are extreme extroverts going, there's not enough people that live here. What are we going to do? You know? (laughs) Um, And so I would just say, we have to really, we have to check in with each other and we are not good ministers to anyone else. If we don't have our houses in order wow, and right now more comment. than ever more yes. than ever
0: well and when you talk about our houses in order you're, you're right i mean and it's not metaphorical <laughs> it's literal um because of where we're at and the tight space that we're in and i can appreciate the challenges you had mentioned with all the different personalities um Val and i pretty much here our oldest son uh lives here as well and um uh, He's actually allowing his youngest brother to live in his condo, so he's living here. So it's actually uh, a lot quieter than it used to be with four homeschool kids. Uh, we know those days, you remember those days. We didn't have the technological challenges. We, we're older now, and so our kids <laughs> didn't have all the stuff that, that there is today electronically. They had some, but not all. But anyway, all I'm saying is I can appreciate, though, the challenges of, of being under one roof and, and the activity level. Um, any other encouragements that you would have for parents, youth workers that are out there um, as they kind of try to assess this further and figure this out for themselves?
1: There are a ton of resources uh, there are lots of great ideas you know um, definitely keep you know looking at blogs of different leaders that you respect or know. Um, you are more than welcome to give out my information if anyone wants to contact me. I'd be happy to share the resources that we have i think I think the most important thing to remember, though, is we keep hearing this word unprecedented" flown around. and uh, as believers, I think it's really important that we remember this is not actually unprecedented the, the The world has seen pandemics and epidemics and and financial strain and all kinds of things before what's unprecedented is how much information we're getting all the time, uh, how much travel there is. That's unprecedented. Um, but we've, as believers, our history has dealt with this before and we have amazing spiritual fathers. You can go back and read, you know, how they handled things like plagues. Um, we have a responsibility right now to be a light in the world, uh, and, and to see the light that is happening you know the earth is healing in a lot of ways and that is amazing good people are stepping up and and being sacrificial and that is amazing and so i think it's really important that in the midst of all of this we really manage our where we are putting our thoughts you know so good we need to manage where we are setting our eyes um Shiloh and I always use this phrase, it's important for us to surf our waves. We have waves of emotions, we have oceans of emotions, and we have to surf our waves. And Peter was fine when he stepped out of the boat and his eyes were on Jesus. When he looked down and looked at the the waves lapping his feet, that's when he lost faith. That's when he sunk. And even when that happened, the moment he cried out, it says, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. We are in really good hands and we have an eternal perspective, and whatever you use to reach your youth, whatever you use to reach your people, we need to not get caught up in the mayhem of this all, and we need to keep our eyes on the prize.
0: Wow, so good, so well said, Sarah, I appreciate that. Um, If people wish to get a hold of you, ask you questions, they might be like, this person knows something about this, I wanted to find out more, how would they get a hold of you?
1: Well, I think your best bet is probably social media. Uh, I recently (laughs) reactivated my Instagram account that I will deactivate (laughs) the moment this is all over. Um, So on Instagram, I'm Little Mama Marriott. Uh, Marriott is spelt just like the hotel. And on Facebook, I am Sarah Dalton Marriott.
0: Yes, and I've been following your Instagram pics, your daily selfies as a family. And it's wonderful, actually. I really like it. And it seems very genuine. Um, and if you know the Marriott's, like I know the Marriott's, they're very genuine people. And that is important to them, that, that they be real and that they be doing this God's way. And I really commend you because I know you're trying to do that. I wonder, uh, Sarah, if you could finish off here by praying for us, praying for those youth leaders that are listening, praying for... Um, those parents who are listening, praying for those young people who might be listening. Um, all of us actually, we're in this together, and uh, we need wisdom. Would you do that for us?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Father, thank you so much that in this time, we have the ability to connect um, in ways we never would have before in previous uh, global crises. Thank you for Zoom and FaceTime and and the phone and text messages and all the ways that we can stay connected to one another. Help us to utilize those well, Lord. Um, God, I pray for people in ministry, pastors, uh, youth leaders, youth pastors. God, give them wisdom. Um, Help them to filter every idea they have through your voice. Uh, Help them to look above the fray and see down the road at our future and what they are building now and how it will affect the time when we can be together in person again. God, I pray for parents and for teens uh, and even for little kids. God, would you pour out your grace on us as we try to be kind and gentle to one another while we are living in duress, while we are living in close quarters, when we are uncomfortable. Um, God, point us back to your word where we can read about people like Moses and people like Paul and people like Joseph uh, who were self-sacrificial, who trusted you in the midst of hardship. Um, And most of all, as we sit and we look through the gospels, remind us of how your son lived in the midst of duress, in the midst of everyone needing him. He went alone to be alone with you and quiet and pray. Help us to do that well. Help us to reset ourselves every day so that we would run this race with endurance and come out the other side knowing that we've done a good job and we've made you pleased. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks again for taking the time. And uh, thank to, thank you to all of you who took the time to listen to this. We We want to bring you good content. So as I said at the outset, if you like this podcast, please share it on social media. Let people know it's available. You can subscribe as well on iTunes or Podbean, and you can also rate it as well. We would appreciate that. So thanks again. Thanks again, Sarah. God bless you and your family and your ministry. And to everyone else, we'll see you again soon. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at lifelinks.org.